It is time on this Saturday morning for another wine chat with our friend Jack Farrell from Haskell's. Good morning, Jack. Hi there, Denny. How are things going? Well, things are great, and I hope they are with you, too, and all the folks at Haskell's. And I, all I can say is I hope we get some rain. <laughs> we could use a little, that's for Day sure. Time, yes. hey, speaking of heat, and that, uh, that's, uh, I noticed when this heat wave is, of course, in Europe as well. And uh, that's, uh, I noticed when this heat wave is, of course, in Europe as well. And uh, I noticed there was a shot of uh, Spain, and there was a patio or a plaza, and they had big pictures of uh, iced something or other on each table. And, of course, that made me mindful. I'm sure the iced something or other was sangria. Sangria is a wine punch that is really a marvelous thing for hot weather. Uh, It's... a national drink of Spain, and usually you see it, and it's what it consists of is red wine, chopped fruit, and then other ingredients like maybe orange juice or some brandy or a little club soda, something like that. The term itself comes from the Spanish blood, sangre, and uh, sangria, you know, picture of red sangria, white sangria has become popular too. We'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. But uh, there's little known about the origin of it. They think it came actually originally from uh, the Spanish Caribbean. Sangri, which was the original name of sangria, uh, was a Spanish drink, and it was very popular in colonial America. And it was bread. It was a good way to disguise kind of off-red wine was to put a little sugar in it and some fruit and maybe a little water and uh or serve as hot or cold, and uh, it, it was extraordinarily popular in the colonial era. Uh, it fell out of popularity, but once again got popular right after World War II. Uh, people decided that they saw it and heard about it in Spain. Uh, um, Ernest Hemingway wrote about sangria, and uh, so it then in 1964, uh, the World's Fair was in New York, and it was very, very popular. And what was the most popular thing at the World's Fair? Yes, you got it, sangria. So all of a sudden, it became a very popular drink all over this country. And uh, the, the recipes are like Spanish paella. They're all over the board. Uh, there's so many regional distinctions, so many different fruits. You can put pineapple nectarines, berries, apples, lemons, uh, etc. Usually the classic recipe calls for Spanish Rioja, which is a red wine from a district uh, a little bit north of Barcelona, uh, called the Rioja, named after the Rioja River. And uh, it's uh, a very good wine. It's almost too good a wine, in my opinion, to put in sangria. One of the best things to put in sangria is if you have some Nouveau Beaujolais left over from last year's introduction to Nouveau, it's a good thing to make sangria out of. One of the recipes for sangria would be, for example, a bottle of that Nouveau Beaujolais, six or eight ounces of club soda, a couple ounces of brandy, a couple ounces of triple sec. And triple sec is an orange liqueur. And then slice an orange, a lemon, 
uh, and maybe an apple, mix them all together, serve it over ice, and boy, I'll tell you, it is a delicious uh, red sangria. And as, as I mentioned a minute ago, white sangria is also very popular. Again, you want a bottle of white wine, and something not too terribly expensive. I mean, you're going to add brandy and triple sec, etc., and fruit and club soda. So you don't want a really good bottle of wine. This is a good way to use up wines that you may not be too crazy about, but that taste just fine in a sangria. Uh, again, you use a, a bottle of inexpensive white wine, six or eight ounces of club soda, a couple ounces of brandy, uh, and what you could put in this, which is really good, is lemoncello in uh, white sangria. Lemoncello is a liqueur made in Italy, of all places. And it, uh, it's gotten so popular in Italy, if you go to a pretty good restaurant, usually they always give you a little a lemoncello as, after you started to pay the check and then they give everybody an ounce or an ounce and a half of lemoncello. It's a delicious, sweet lemon uh, liqueur. And it really gives a white sangria a nice punch. And uh, then in that white sangria, I'd slice a peach. Peaches are kind of in season right now. A lemon and a, maybe a sliced apple. And they have white sangria or red sangria. Well, whatever kind of sangria you have, it's a wonderful thing to have in hot weather, which, of course, we're blessed with lots of that at the moment. And I think it's a real thirst quencher. One thing, though, is you have to be careful of. When you have a drink like a, a, a sangria punch, there's a definite sweetness to it that comes from the triple sec and the lemoncello and that kind of stuff. Uh, just tell everybody how you prepared it, because even though you're diluting it with six or eight ounces of club soda, uh, that it can pack a wallop. And some people drink it and think it's just like drinking lemonade. Of course, it's an alcoholic beverage, so you have to really be mindful that, that sangria does pack a wallop. And the other thing I was going to talk about this morning besides sangria is I get a lot of requests uh, for what wine goes with what food and how do you do that. Well, it, it's actually not uh, rocket science. If you have light food, you want light wines with it. And when you're picking a wine to go with a dish, you want to follow the main spice. And uh, another thing that's important is how it's prepared. You know, chicken uh, that's roasted is going to be a lot more different uh, and the wine to pair with it than chicken stew or, or uh, chicken pot pie or something like that. Don't forget when you're pairing foods, the champagne is very undervalued in my opinion. Sparkling wines have a real place at the table and most people think that, oh, that's for special occasions and that. Try it with some food. If you don't believe me, take a potato chip and have a glass of champagne with it. You'll see right away that champagne with that saltiness of the potato chip is a marriage made in heaven. So also, you know, when you talk about light wine, light food, same thing is with a heavy food. If you're going to have heavy food, you want a big, bold wine. And, and you want to pair flavors a little bit. You know, Sauvignon Blanc, usually has a citrusy flavor. So it will go very, very well with dishes that you have a citrusy flavor in. Sweetness plays a big, big role in pairing food and wine. Uh, you know, the, some sweet wines definitely have a place at the table, and the sweetness of the dish you're preparing is 
is important too. So you should always bear that in mind. And like I tell everybody, it's more important to pair the wine with the sauce than it is with the meat that you're going to have it with. If there's no sauce, you obviously pair it with the meat. But if there's a sauce, you want to pair it. If you're having, for example, a mushroom truffle sauce uh, with your steak, it's going to be a lot different than steak Diane. Uh, so, I, or just plain steak. So it, it would depend on how you're fixing it as to what wine you would go with. There are tough things like chili, although venison chili is one of my favorite dishes. And uh, a lot of people say just have beer. Well, I'm not against that. That's fine, too. But a, a fairly light Zinfandel or even a Malbec is pretty good with uh, chili. I had not too long ago a Chilean Cabernet with some chili, and I thought it was really nice. Uh, something fancy like shellfish, white Bordeaux, or a grave from white Bordeaux is uh, the marriage made in heaven, and there's an area of Bordeaux called Entre du Mer, between the two seas. And the white wines that come from Entre du Mer seem to just belong to any kind of shellfish. It's a really delightful marriage of food and wine, uh, those white Bordeaux. And as I've said before, white Bordeaux is a tremendously undervalued wine at the moment. Uh, you can get real value for the dollar in looking at a white Bordeaux. And white Bordeaux is nothing more than Sauvignon Blanc and Semillon blended. And it depends on the blend. Some are very heavy to Semillon. Some are very heavy to Sauvignon Blanc. But uh, they're, they're blended. And, you know, the, the Bordelais invented blending grape types for wine. You know, if you get a, a good Bordeaux, red Bordeaux, it usually has at least two or three different varietals in that blend, and they do a good job of it, and they do a great job on these white wines, and like I say, for some reason, they aren't caught up in this horrible price spiral that we're seeing with a lot of wines, so white Bordeaux represent really very, very good value uh, indeed, and they go so well with so many things, as I said, uh, a good uh, white Bordeaux like Bravi Lacoste just cries for lobster. It, it's just a pairing made in heaven. Another one is a Chablis and oysters, real French Chablis. We talked about that last week when we were talking about Sancerre. Chablis is grown over chalk soil, and uh, the wine has a flintiness, a steeliness that just seems to go so very, very well with oysters. Uh, so when you're having oysters on the half shell, try getting a, a bottle of halfway decent Chablis, and I think you'll see that the marriage is made in heaven. Believe me, it's just terrific. And another thing, if you're having tapas, cava's from Spain. The cava is a sparkling wine from Spain. You know, all the Spanish, all the European countries signed an agreement, and they don't use the word champagne. So they say they have a cava, and cava is sparkling. Uh, wine from Spain, and that goes so well with tapas. It also doesn't uh, blend too badly with plank salmon. Uh, Sauvignon Blanc has a citrusy flavor, so it goes well with scallops and shrimp uh, and anything that has lemon in it. You know, that Chinese dish, uh, lemon chicken, is just wonderful with a crisp Sauvignon Blanc. 
And if you uh, got something really difficult and spicy, like perhaps Thai food, try a Goldner Veltner from Austria. It really goes very good with any kind of spicy food, whether it's Thai or Vietnamese or whatever. Uh, it, it's a nice blend. And an, another one for spicy food is from Spain called Albarino, A-L-B-A-R-I-N-O. It is just a natural with so many crisp, uh, spicy foods. And uh, it's not very expensive. Vermentino from Italy also is pretty good, as is Pinot Grigio. And Pinot Grigio, we've heard before, I think it's the best aperitif wine you could have. It's never very expensive, and it's always perfect for any occasion because it's fairly innocuous. It's a lovely wine. It won't overpower anything, and it won't cause any difficulties at all. So if you're having a reception and looking for a white wine, try a Pinot Grigio. And Chardonnays go so well with rich, buttery sauces. The marriage was kind of made in heaven for Chardonnays with those kind of dishes, with cream and butter. Just terrific. And Riesling. Rieslings go well with spicy foods, Thai, Chinese, Indian, and especially smoked pork. Uh, Rosés go with so many things. And the blend there, especially if you're having light salads or something like that, rosé can be a perfect one. It makes a great aperitif. And sparkling rosé is also not to be missed. If you're looking for an interesting full-bodied white wine, try a Viognier. Viognier is, comes from the Rhone Valley. So you get a white Rhone, it'd be the same. They're usually presented a Viognier in that, and that's really good. Pinot Noir has earthy flavors, so you want it with light dishes. Uh, salmon uh, grilled, in, and the Pinot Noir is, again, a marriage that's perfect. Regional foods with regional wines, it's re there's a good reason Chianti goes so well with pasta. They're both from the same area, Tuscany. And uh, that's a nice pairing when you have pasta or pizza. A, a nice Chianti, you don't want to break the bank with an expensive Chiani, but you want a Chiani that you'll enjoy and it'll go well with that. Uh, and again, with regional foods, something like escargot and chardonnay. Escargot is French for snails, and they cook it with garlic and butter and parsley. It's absolutely delicious, and a nice crisp chardonnay goes perfect with it. And as you've heard me almost ad nauseum, talk about Malbec goes so well with barbecue. So if you've got a barbecue sauce, you know, you've got that hot, sweet, spicy sauce, a Malbec goes absolutely terrific with it. Well, there you have it, uh, uh, sangria for the hot weather and some food and wine pairings that just won't miss. And i got just the place where you can get all those foods, all those wines for the pairing. No food, of course, but we can get the wine, and that's at Haskell's. Excellent. And so many good locations as well, Jack. Indeed. We do have a, 11 locations in the Twin Cities. There's a Haskell's in Bloomington, one in Excelsior. There's one in, right off of 35 in Faribault. Our super cellar up in Maple Grove is not to be missed. 22,000 square feet of wines from around the world. Our Minneapolis store has free parking on Saturday and Sunday. Missed 22,000 square feet of wines from around the world. Our Minneapolis store has free parking on Saturday and Sunday. There's a Haskell's at Ridgedale, Plymouth, St. Paul's Highland Village, 
Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury, too. And if you can't come into Haskell's, go to Haskell's.com. And don't forget, we do deliver. Excellent, Jack. Thanks very much, and uh, let's talk next week. You know, Denny, I'm going to look forward to that. Jack Farrell from Haskell's.